Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Premier League preview. We can't call it the Premier League preview because we get done. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture Football, joined by Andrew Pollard from What Culture Football to look ahead to this weekend's fixtures as the Premier League returns. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts. As I said, though, joined by Andrew Pollard and the Premier League is back tomorrow, Andrew. Yes, yes, as we're recording this, this is the Friday, this is the calm before the storm, this is the, the Christmas, uh, the Christmas Eve, this is oh, it's Christmas morning and the presents are ready, um, and let's just hope that we don't get some really dull, drab, nil-nil <laughs> games in a soulless uh, stadium that have got no atmosphere, but yeah, it's it's exciting times, and this this is, again, we're, we seem to mention it in everything we do, but we're just National League team fans, Chesterfield and Wrexham, but still, the Premier League is, yeah, it's exciting times. It's a surreal start to the season. We sort of yeah. had a, a repeat of this or a, the first example of this when when lockdown finished. But normally you'd see fans, you know, gearing up for their first away day of the of the season, what have you. And that's not the case. Every single Premier League game is sort of spread out across the weekend and into Monday. We're not going to touch Monday's game. So you and potentially Adam Nicholas can look ahead to them on Monday afternoon. Uh, but yeah, they're spread out all across Saturday and Sunday, uh, before we get into the ins and outs of each of these six games, who's your money on being top of the table by the end of the weekend? Oh, oof, straight to the point. I, I like this. Um, I don't know. Part of me kind of looks at Arsenal. No no offence to Fulham fans, but I think that, uh, yeah, I just think Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang could well have a field day against Fulham. Um, I yeah, and if so, then you'd fancy Arsenal's maybe bag maybe three, four, uh, and go top of the league. Also, as much as Everton, I think, have made some really good uh, signings in midfield, I don't really fancy that back line, and I really don't rate Jordan Pickford. So I could see Spurs maybe getting a, a fair few against Everton. And this, um, this is Harry Kane who scored, I think it's eight in his last five games against Everton. So, yeah, I think Arsenal and Spurs, obviously, big bitter rivals they could well be vying for the top spot and then obviously we've got Liverpool playing Leeds Chelsea away at Brighton but yeah I'm going to go Arsenal if you put a gun to my head right now yeah I think I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one I think uh first game of course 12 30 on Saturday afternoon I'm hoping yeah this will be a thrilling sort of because it strikes me that Fulham had an awful time of course when they were last in the Premier League mm. but I don't know what has changed that significantly for them in terms of being able to... to, like They're probably my favourites for relegation um, purely because of, you know, the route they took to get back into the Premier League always makes you think, you know. And, yeah, what an an opening fixture. Local rivals, Arsenal heading to Craven Cottage. And uh, it strikes me that Arsenal, in a weird way, benefit from the lack of time that they've had off. They, it feels like 
two weekends ago, they were playing in the FA Cup final. And of course, they've had the Community Shield, uh, which they won uh, against uh, Liverpool. I suspect that is going to be a potential trouncing. Although, knowing us, the way the Premier League goes, it'll be like those weekends, opening league weekends, where it was like Bolton or... I distinctly remember the 98-99 season, Charlton being top of the league at the end of the first weekend because of Clive Mendonca, which just shows how old I am. Um, let's talk about Liverpool versus Leeds, yes. though, because that's undoubtedly, I'd say, the most eye-catching fixture uh, of the opening weekend. Leeds are back, but Liverpool have a title to defend. Yeah, you uh, you're looking at this Liverpool squad. People are, uh, are moaning that they've not really made any any additions. They they brought in a left back, and that's about it. Um, but this is a, still a very good squad that had a phenomenal season last year. The last two years have been great for Liverpool uh, and Liverpool fans. And so, yeah, you'd fancy whoever Liverpool were playing on the opening day of the season, you'd probably fancy Liverpool to get a result. And it just so happens that it's newly promoted Leeds, um, and I think. It's going to be fascinating to see the, the prospect of, of Bielsa going up against Klopp. In fact, right now, as we record this, on my TV in the background is Jurgen Klopp doing the press conference. Um, I just think, I, I saw him earlier uh, gushing about his admiration for Bielsa. Like so many top managers, everybody rates Bielsa so highly. So, I mean, it doesn't get much tougher for Leeds. Um, and I think you don't want to read too much into one game, but I, I just... Yeah, I, I'm I'm so intrigued to see how Bielsa is going to do. And, and it could be a marker of sorts in a way. I mean, if, if Leeds get a result or or put a performance in, even if they get beat, then I think that that they could put a marker down there of like, yeah, this isn't Leeds aren't going to be in that relegation dogfight. Um, I know a lot of fans that Leeds fans that I know seem to be aiming a little bit higher than the relegation places. Um, and yeah, it's what what better way to to challenge yourself first game than playing the reigning, defending. I think I'm going to Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar mode then, but champions uh, in, in Liverpool. Yeah, it's uh, it's like you say, putting markers down is really interesting for both sides because mm. in Liverpool's eyes, why change almost perfection? You know, like an insane Premier League winning season, disregarding the, the madness that was locked down, of course. But, but Leeds want to showcase the fact that this isn't the Leeds that got knocked out of the Premier League all those years ago and the the the, the heartbreak and the nearly men that they've been and uh, the shambles that they've been for quite a few years. And uh, the, with Bielsa at the helm, you, you suspect they're not going to go to Anfield and just go, let's, let's try and eke out a nil-nil draw. Yeah, um, I think some Leeds fans call it murder ball. <laughs> it's the <a, it's> <laughs> style of play that Bielsa has where he just, it's all about uh, quick passing, quick movement, tiring teams out, uh, tiring their own players out, but it's it's intense. And yeah, Bielsa, to me, he's not the sort of guy who's going to go, right, we're playing Liverpool. They're really good. They've got a massive threat in that front three. So we're going to sit back. I don't think Leeds are going to do that. I hope they don't do that. Um, and yeah, it's just, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see how many, which, well, who out of that, this Leeds squad step up and prove themselves as, as, as Premier League players over the next few weeks and months and for the rest of the season. Because this is a squad that, you look at in terms of Premier League experience as Pablo Hernandez, um, who obviously played for Swansea in the Premier League. He's 35 now, being pivotal to Leeds in the last couple of seasons. But other than that, when you look across the the, the, the sides, I mean, Bamford's had, had games in the Premier League, mm -hmm. but nobody else really has that Premier League experience. So, yeah, OK, how good is Calvin Phillips? Is mm. Can he step up? How good is Liam Cooper? Um, how good is, is Rodrigo going to be? That mm. The big move from Valencia. It's... 
there's so many um, interesting things to look forward to at Leeds. And, and I, I, yeah, I, I think that's why they're going to be fun to watch this season. And I think I've been guilty of this. I don't know whether you've caught yourself doing this because of, you know, Liverpool post ongoing global bastard being sort of already being crowned Premier League type, uh, champions almost, not being involved in the Champions League because of being knocked out by Athletic and Madrid before, before football stopped. Um, I think they would have finished ninth had we just counted those those nine games or something along those lines. I, I would say I've been guilty of saying, yeah, they're not favourites this season. Mm-hmm. Probably going to be City, maybe even United if they can get Jaden Sancho, kind of overlooking them. And this is a real opportunity for them to be like, no, we're still the Liverpool who you just would tune on, tune tune into prior to March and just go, oh, Liverpool win again. Yep, standard. Yeah, it, it, it did. It was kind of, well, you look at the results they have and it was just every game they went into, they won and they won convincingly. That was, I mean, obviously there was the, the wobble with Watford, but it was kind of a guarantee that Liverpool were going to play well, Liverpool were going to win and, and Sadio Mane was probably going to bag a goal or, or Mo Salah. <laughs> and it was the yeah, air and, and there was that ridiculous stat where Virgil van Dijk didn't get dribbled past for what felt like forever. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, and I think I'm guilty of that as well. I think a lot of people have maybe saw how Liverpool played in the uh, the post-lockdown uh, world, um, which they weren't that, that impressive at all. But obviously, they, 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 they it was a big celebration. They'd won the, the first league title for 30 years. And and you can, especially in the, the trying times of, of those early months of the pandemic, when everybody was, nobody really knew how to, um, I guess, how to live. <laughs> it was all, <laughs> and so you can think these players, there's a lot going on in the world and, and maybe their, their attention isn't on football when they pretty much already won the league title. Um, and so, yeah, I think when when people are looking at this, this upcoming season, people are maybe thinking of Manchester City as the favourites. Chelsea are in the conversation because of the money they spent. And yeah, I think there is maybe a kind of smidge of maybe overlooking Liverpool. I mean, I, I, I've been talking about Liverpool as being in, in the, the title race, of course, but yeah, to me, I think a lot of people are leaning towards Man City when this is a an exceptional Liverpool uh, side that's there. I mean, they just they, all their key players are still there from last season. All their mm. big hitters, all their, their, the players that if they went from Liverpool, they'd be bringing in hundreds of millions. Mane, Salah, Trent, Andy Robertson, uh, uh, Jordan Henderson coming back in, uh, Firmino, Van Dijk. Everybody is mm. still, they've still got so many fantastic footballers. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's it's going to be interesting to see whether they, they do put down this marker. We keep saying markers, but it is with, if they can, I don't know, make a statement, they turn leads over three, four, five nil on that opening day of the season, then, all right, okay. Let's Liverpool. Uh, they're not messing around. They're hitting the ground running. But yeah, it's interesting, man. Score predictions for for the Liverpool Leeds and, and Fulham Arsenal. Then uh, I'm going to go with two 0 Liverpool uh, in that one, uh, and then Arsenal. I I think you're four one. I'm going to go there. I know. Big, I know. I like it. Big yeah. big fan of this. I've, I've, I've years and years. I've had moans on podcasts and on social media about Mark Lawrenson's. BBC Sport predictions where he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, here's a team that have never won in the Premier League versus a team who scored 20 in the last game. I'll go for a conservative 2-0. Piss off with all that, bollocks. 4-2 Liverpool leads, 3-0 to Arsenal against Fulham. <laughs> I am optimistic about this season. 
Oh mate, uh, I hope so. I hope I hope I hope there's lots of goals in these games, um, and our predictions prove right. I know, I, I me personally, I'm already getting stick on social media for saying that people shouldn't pick Trent Alexander-Arnold in their fantasy football teams. <laughs> so I, my predictions, my my credibility is hanging by a thread right now. Um, yeah, I, I I can't see Arsenal not scoring a good few games falling, but I also can't see Arsenal not conceding, which mm-hmm. is why I've gone with a four-one and. Yeah, the, the Leeds game, Leeds 4-2. That's bold, Wilbur. That's bold, but hopefully you're right. That's what we want to see. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some of the other games uh, over the weekend. Is it? And uh, I'm very prone to this, I realize, on our videos and podcasts. Very prone to, to, to hyperbolic statements. Is it wrong to say West Ham versus Newcastle is already a six-pointer. <laughs> um, because at the end of the day, Newcastle <laughs> have been tipped by many people to be in a, a relegation uh-huh. dogfight because of all the yeah. off-the-field issues, the lack of investment. Um, yes, obviously, they've got some um, some really good players that I think will help them a, a great deal in Ryan Fraser uh, and Callum Wilson. But, um, you know, you can't argue with that fact, I'd say. I, I think they probably, maybe I'm biased because I live here, probably just will be safe. But regardless, there's that. And then there's the whole West Ham thing. Speaking to my dad last night and saying, I mean, will David Moyes be even in the dugout on Saturday evening? But is that wrong to call it a relegation six-pointer already? Well, of course it is. But regardless, it'll add some intrigue, won't it? Yeah, I, I don't know how you're able to walk the streets of Newcastle when you make such bold statements that, yeah, that's it. A ball's already been kicked. It's the relegation favourites, six-pointers. Um, Living in Gateshead, that's the beauty of it. Just out of reach. Right, OK. That, that, that's how you get by on that one. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd say, it's yeah, it's a big game for, for both clubs, clearly. Um, and the, the two sides that you think you're going to say they're probably going to be in the bottom half come the end of the season. It's just how far down that bottom half. Um I think it's a bigger game for West Ham than it is for, for Newcastle mm-hmm. because of all the talk of maybe David Moyes going already. I think, uh, and the, the the kind of outcries of from the players of how things are being handled at the club. I think it's a bigger game for West Ham than it is for Newcastle. I think for for West Ham, it's you always feel West Ham a little bit like Newcastle. They're kind of the one game or one day or one week away from turmoil. And it, and it seems like they've got that turmoil already. It's just kind of waiting to explode or, or implode. And so I think it's it's a big game for West Ham. I think New, I think Newcastle are going to win this. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Newcastle's front three, if they can get Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson, Alan San Maximum, um, with maybe little Miggy Almiron in and around somewhere. Yeah. I think that's... It's an exciting prospect for for Newcastle fans. Uh, Ryan Fraser, the third, as, um, as Simon Jordan called him yesterday, which was... A fun uh, interview to listen to, um, which, <laughs> yeah, Ryan Fraser not helping himself by by doing an interview saying that, yeah, I really think I've got to help Bournemouth if I'd have played those games that I opted <laughs> out of. It's like, mate, you're not doing yourself any favours there. Um, but yeah, I, I fancy Newcastle in this one. Uh, but it, it, it is, it's an important game for, for both teams, of course, but I think it's more important for West Ham than it is for Newcastle right now. Mm. Um, because I, you feel with Newcastle, 
I always fancy if Newcastle lost, I'd fancy them to bounce back. Um, but I think with West Ham, they feel like that they're, they're at a stage where one or two bad results could just it could be a landslide of mm. just a, a run of horrendous form. Um, the, the manager could depart. We've still got the transfer window that's open until October the 5th. Some of their players could go. Felipe Anderson, I think, is being talked about. Um, and somebody else was being talked about to move to China. I can't think who it was. Um, anyway, it's it's just it's it seems like it's kind of turning into a bit of a circus already, mm. West Ham. So yeah, I think they really need to win this, but I don't think they will. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a cagey one. This, uh, which will probably mean it be the high scoring game of the weekend. Now I said that. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with two-one to Newcastle for all the reasons you've just given, and because I think West Ham are going to deliberately lose this, so Moyes can go see. We do need James Tarkovsky. Get him in. Sort it out, almost. Well, they, um, they do need James Tarkovsky, definitely. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Palace and Southampton. Uh, yeah. Not a thriller, this, but an interesting statement of intent from both sides. Palace looked woeful uh, towards the end of last season. And Southampton mm. are a side that had a terrible start to last season. And then towards the end, I think, I think they would have finished... I think I said this before. They would have finished third in away form uh, in the league. Um had that just been counted and are my sort of outside pick for a, for a bit of a surprise package this season. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think Southampton very well could be in the, the pack chasing those, those European spots for the Europa League, that kind of sixth to ninth sort of area, uh, fifth to ninth even, I guess. Um, yeah, I think Southampton, I, I think um, Ralph Hasenhut has done a fantastic job last year. Um, I, I think he's a really, really good manager they've got there. And, and testament to the board as well that they stuck by him after that Leicester game, the mm. 9-0. Um yeah, and, and Danny Ings obviously finished the season on fire. Crystal Palace, not so much on fire. Um, and, I mean, they've, they've, it looks like the deal for, for Michi Batshuayi is now over the over the line for him to go to Palace on loan for the season, which I think is a massive plus for them. Yeah. Um, they brought in Eze from QPR, I think, is a really shrewd bit of business. Um, and at the moment, they've still managed to keep hold of Wilfred Zaha. Mm-hmm. So, I think with Palace, though, you fear that the, the last couple of seasons, it's just... Goals, they really, really like goals. I think it was 31 goals they scored last season in, in the league. Uh, I've seen 38 games. But on the other side of it, their defence was the best defence in the uh, the best defensive record in the whole of the bottom half of the table. So it's 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 kind of one of those where that it could be dull watching Crystal Palace at times. It's like, well, we don't score many goals, uh, but we don't concede many either. It's like, oh, <laughs> this, this is a fun game to watch. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I agree that I think Southampton could be somewhat of a surprise package but then I don't know if it would be that much of a surprise because I, I feel like the foundations have been put there yeah. over the last 18 months or so um, and, and I think a lot of it depends if Danny Ings can hit the hit the ground running and start the season how he finished the season uh, last season because I mean you could say he was probably the most in, him and Mikel Antonio were the, the most informed <laughs> strikers in, in the league towards the, uh, the last couple of months of the season so yeah I, I, it's uh, for me, I think this to me, it's the, the writings on the wall is Southampton win, which means it's totally going to be Palace. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to go one one nil Southampton for for that Oof. reason as well. Um, yeah, not not the most thrilling game, but I'll take anything considering this gap we've had, even as brief as it's been. Uh, let's look mm. at the Sunday games: uh, West Brom hosting Leicester City. Uh, desperately disappointing finish to the season for Leicester, but we go again, and uh, not a bad game to start off with. Heading to the Hawthorns. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, another team that's always good to see back in the division in West Brom. 
um, very much have their reputation as a yo-yo team, which has mm. kind of become cliched massively, but then can be true. There is evidence of that. Um, yeah, Slavin Bilic, I thought, did a really good job last season to get them back up. Um, and, and well, although, again, they almost thought they'd thrown it away when, when they were they were top of the league for so long. And then Lee, it was just that weird end to the championship or the weird last two months or three months yeah. where everybody just seemed to be throwing away uh, points leads, uh, whether it was Leeds, whether it was West Brom, whether it was Brentford in the playoffs, um, Derby. And uh, yeah, it's good to see West, West Brom back. And I think with Leicester, it's, I said it before in, in, in these uh, uh, videos and podcasts that we do, where if you started last season with, with Leicester, if you were a Leicester fan, you said you're going to come fifth at the end of the season, they, they would have bit your hand off. But it was just the way it happened that they were so, they were effectively briefly even in the title hunt when they were second. Yeah. Um, and then it looked, well, okay, well, we're going to at least get Champions League football. And that didn't happen because, yeah, after the, the lockdown, they were so, um, so disappointing at times. Um, and obviously then the questions come up of, you know, is, is this Brendan Rodgers? Has he been found out now? Are the players uh, fed up of him already? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Vardy, Jamie Vardy still going to get goals, as as he proved during, even when Leicester had their, their bad run of games, Vardy was still popping up with goals. And I don't know. Um, yeah, I think you look at the back and, and there's still, I think they could do with another centre-half uh, coming in before the transfer window closes because it's you've got Johnny Evans and Soyuncu as, as a two, which is I think is a very good two. But then, Wes Morgan, icon of the club, but 36-year-old Wes Morgan that, that looks like he's running in mud at times because he's, <laughs> he's that slow. Uh, and he's he's been a great player for the club, but age catches up to people. I just think they need something more at the back. And, and I'm sure Brendan will do some business by the time that the transfer window closes. But yeah, it's it's I think it's, it's a tough one for both teams, um, really, for me, because it is. Leicester have got something to prove after... I mean, is... It, was it just, I don't know, was it kind of this was just their form when they, they restarted after lockdown mm-hmm. or is this how the side are going to play in as long as there's empty stadiums? And I think that's a big thing to take into mm. account of, of, of you you establish now in these first few games whether the form you had previously after the restart was down to that, if that's how you're going to play in empty stadiums that maybe for whatever reason you play poorly when there's no crowd there. And it's, yeah, Leicester, they need, I think for me, Leicester needs to go out and make a statement here. A score prediction? Um, I am going to go with 2-0 to the Foxes. That was exactly what I was going to go with. Good, good, of course, good, of course good you were. Good call, good call, I think, for that one. I think that's a yeah. fair assessment. Finally, let's talk uh, the uh, later game on Sunday. Half four, Tottenham versus Everton, like you alluded to earlier on. Everton making some great signings. Mm. Harry Kane not having to play in August. Mouthwater in this fixture. <laughs> I, I love that you keep bringing that one up. The Harry Kane not playing in August, which it is makes sense. Yeah. Um, I guess this is this is the proof in the pudding time for that. Is 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 it August or is it just he's awful for the first few games? Regardless. Um, yeah, I think this is probably the game I'm looking forward to the most because one I, I always associate it as being a really big game purely yeah. because one of my mates and his dad both one sports Everton, one sports Spurs, so it, it, it's always kind of built up in that way. But <laughs> I just think that the two normally that the the two fun teams to watch. Spurs on their day can be one, arguably the, the best side in the league when they're on it. They, they can they could be anybody. And Everton, you never know what you're going to get with Everton. No. Uh, it could be dire. It could be brilliant. They could play brilliant, score four and still lose somehow. Um, and I'm just, I'm really intrigued to see how these, the three big signs in midfield uh, do. I, I think if those three 
can fit into that team straight away. Everton can, again, be a team that uh, I think find themselves in contention for a European spot. But it's a big ask to have James Rodriguez, Abdou Decore and, and Alan, three players who you would think are going to be key to their season. It's it's a big ask for them to just click straight away. It might be a bit of a, a work in progress. But I think, and this will be the, the, the death knell on it, I think that there will be a lot of goals in this game. I was going to say the exact same thing. I think... Uh, as much as it is Ancelotti versus Mourinho, I see this just being a mad old game uh, with with Spurs doing what Spurs do best and just uh, attacking with with all that flair and, and players that they've got um, compared to Everton, who's still you know getting used to who stood next to them on the pitch. And yet, <laughs> with the talent that they've picked up, I think they could do some big things. Three all is what I'm going for. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I'm, I'm gonna get tainted by the dreariness of the Premier League returning. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna go 4 2 to Spurs. Like I said, that, that Harry Kane start I keep going back to eight goals in his last five games against yeah. Everton. Um, and that's why purely because of this, I'm kind of talking myself into putting Harry Kane as my fantasy captain for this weekend, but I'm still that that'll go down to the wire between him and Aubameyang. But <laughs> yeah, 4 2, I'm gonna go with this because. I think Everton are going to be... I'm, out of all the sides that are playing this weekend, Everton are the one I'm most looking forward to watching, just purely to see how how these three new players uh, get... Well, how, how they fit into that side. But also, I feel like they're going to concede goals because... Uh, yeah, I just... I'm, I'm not going to go on a Pickford ramp, but I just think that, yeah, that they still need something at the back there. Always on this. Uh, yeah, I, I realise he's only, he might not play. He's only just been signed this week. But um, I picked him as my big gamble for the upcoming season. Hammers Rodriguez in fantasy football. Hat trick for him in that game for me. Right, yeah, take take it. Uh, my, my big gamble was Eddie Nketiah, which I think was a more sensible gamble. But yeah, if you go to go hard on Hammers, uh, I, there's, it, it, I mean one of those where you find yourself in the YouTube hole and I I, I was yeah. a couple of days ago and and just found myself going through Hammers highlights and it's like oh my god what what a footballer he is but then you realize that like yeah not not really the last few years have been yeah. a rough a, a fair fairly up and down few years whether it's injury whether it's lack of mm. form whether it's just not being played at all uh, being shipped out to Bayern Munich on loan um yeah but I I'd like to I'd, I'd really for me that'd be one of the great stories of the season yes. is if Hammers Rodriguez stays fit recaptures that form has a glorious 38 game Premier League season and just lights up the Premier League and I'm really hopeful that'll happen whether it does or not we'll have to see maybe it's all about Dominic Calvert-Lewin for Everton again him and Rich Allison nice partnership they've got there and I yeah Good point. You're overlooking some of the great players that Everton already got. But uh, yes, the Premier League is back this weekend. If you want advice uh, for your fantasy football team, go and check out our podcast. All about that, the plays you need to pick, the plays you need to avoid, and our big gambles for the season. Um, and let us know your predictions for this opening weekend of fixtures at what culture FC on Twitter watch they can follow both of us uh, Andrew where can people get you on Twitter yeah you can get me at cultured left peg you can find me at Adam Wilborn and make sure you subscribe as well to what culture football not only uh, as a podcast but also on YouTube we'll be doing all our discussions and analysis of the fallout from the Premier League's opening weekend but football is back thank goodness my thanks to Andrew Pollard this has been the Premier League preview and we will see you soon Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.